Okay, so we had a couple of questions yesterday. Anyone remember any, any of the questions? What was, what was the first question? Um, why, why does it list it in the wrong order? And the first question was about... The other people that aren't related to drink. It says, it says drink, but then it tells like the baker. The first question was, how come the Vashti is being sentenced because of... Um, right, why, why, why did Achashverosh um, have to seek counsel whether or not to kill Vashti when it was clear that she rebelled against the king, and the rule is, if you rebel against the king, then you get the death penalty. So why do you have to seek counsel? He was hoping that they would tell him not to kill her. I don't know about that. Okay, that, that, that's, that's uh, possible. He loved her very much, really. That's what so? I've read over the years. That's what I've read. And he, he resented it um, and regretted it. That's why, and that's why he's upset at Haman. Yeah. I heard the explanation as well. So but the question is, if, if he's looking at this from a legal perspective, so this is she's clearly went against the king. So what's the question that he had to seek the counsel of these judges? That was her first question. Also, how come they responded? Their response had nothing to do with the legal element of her refusal that she rebelled against the king. Their response was, well, you know what? If she, if you let her do this, then what's going to happen is all women will disrespect their husbands. That's that's ignoring the main issue. The main issue is not that. The main issue is. That she, that she rebelled against the king. Mm-hmm. So to understand this, we started talking about the laws about the meal and how the king set up this meal in a way that she could not say ninis. So, was, so we asked a couple of questions about that. Go ahead, Muhammad What do we say about that? Well, my notes were not. Apparently, you can finish showing. That's what talking showing. So. The Kulis Advarim is that we asked a couple of questions. Why does it say that, that the king, Rashi says... <laughs> why does it say that, that, that Rashi says, Kol Rav Besay, the butchers and the bakers and everyone was instructed by the king that everyone could uh, drink whatever they wanted. If we're talking about the drinking, then the butchers and the bakers don't even be instructed about that. Not, they don't have any connection to it. The butchers don't even show up to the meal. They're in the kitchen somewhere. So why is it that the king instructed everyone that no one should be forced about the drinking? So this led us to the conclusion that the king didn't just make a rule about the drinking. Rather, the rule was that everyone could have it's a positive thing. Not just you're not forced to drink what you don't want to drink. It's a positive thing that everyone uh, could have whatever they want at this meal. And therefore, it was in a general instruction, and that's why it uses the expression, Yisamamach, <laughs> he made a fundamental rule. This is a, it wasn't just about a detail about if, you, about if you're forced to drink or not, it was how should this meal be made? Should this be made in a way that there's a certain order, or whatever you want? And the answer is whatever you want. Food stations. The food stations were unlimited, whatever you want. The king is going to go all out, make sure everybody's happy at this meal. So that led us to another question, so that's true then, so then how come the Torah specifically mentions the drinking and connects the drinking to the general order of this meal? If the general order of the meal was you can have whatever you want, then why mention the drinking specifically? Um, and also... Uh, the cup is the only thing from the Where all the cup 
it says the king also wore the uh, the the, 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 the Also, he didn't fully answer the question of Yisra Melech. Although it's true, Yisra means a fundamental rule. Still, that doesn't add anything. If the king just would have said, if the Megillah would have just said, the king commanded that everyone could have whatever they want, we would have got the full message. Why is the words? Why does the Megillah use the word Yisra Melech? King made this Yisraelistic and this fundamental rule. So up to us, hey, Bira in explanation, this is as follows. Rashi says there are some meals, they force those who participate in the meal to drink out of a big cup, and some people cannot drink it unless they really you know, strain themselves. But here, this meal, it's not that way. This meal is ain oinus. There's no force, no co- no coercion. So basically, you have to drink four cups of wine. It doesn't. Oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't, you. Uh, you have to have a good point. Or, like, or, or like the five minutes extra at the Fabringen. Hey, next column. It's a technical kosov. And Rashi is forced to say this, explaining the Pasuk in a simple sense. Why? Because of the content of the verse. Because why would you expect that the king would force you to drink and that the Torah would have to tell you that you're not forced? And uh, why does the language of the Pasuk say kados? It should have said, you're not forced. Why does it say kados? So Rashi is, is because of um, the, um, the Torah saying that you're not forced to drink. And the Torah is saying that it's not kados, that kados, Rashi understands from this, that the regular meals, there are, there's a different order. Therefore, Rashi says that there are other meals, and they do force people. Since other meals have different rule, they have a different order, and they force people to drink. So since this meal, this party, was in a way that the king was the, the party was up to a to a royal standard, and this was especially true for the wine. As it says about the wine, that there was enough wine and, and royal wine as much as the king could give. So seemingly, the appropriate rule should have been if it's according to the king's standards and everything is done the way the king wants it to be done. So then it should have the regular rule that everyone's forced to drink. That's the regular rule. And therefore, the, the Megillah tells us that this was different. They were, they were not forced. The king himself commanded not to go according to the regular rule. And uh, it's, it's the opposite of the regular rule. No one's forced. So he can pick and choose when the laws have to follow the natural order. He, he's the king. He's the king. 
So that brings us back to the question: Was even consulting his ministers about what to do with Sashi? Oh, that's what I'm saying. The, the Rebbe says, if you look clear, the Megillah says Hashtia Kados. The rule drinking was according to the regular rule. So how are we saying? Why are we saying it was not according to the regular rule? And the Rebbe explains like this: that it doesn't mean that uh, their drinking was according to the regular rule. Rather, their drinking, there was no forcing for the regular rule. They didn't force you to keep the regular rule. That's the Pshat in the Megillah. The regular rule was still there, just no one enforced it. The, well, for this meal, there was no rule. For this meal, the regular rule didn't apply. So they're just saying the translation, the kados. the drinking was according to the rule, it sounds like that they that it was according to the regular rule. So the Rebbe says you could possibly translate this as follows: means that there was no forcing you to keep the regular rule. We need to understand something though. Why do they have this rule? Why do they tell everybody in other parties the whole entire uh, you have to do it? No choice. They do this in order to show the greatness of the host. To show that his meal is expansive. It's you got everything there. And therefore to show how your host is, uh, has given abundance, therefore to drink out of a big cup. So in this case too, since we're talking about the party of the king, so why would we overlook this rule why would we give why would we not follow a protocol especially in this kind of meal where it's the king's meal making this rule suspended is the opposite of honor for the king the honor of the king is that you show everyone that the king can give therefore everyone should be should be forced to drink out of these huge cups to show wow this is the king's meal so how come it, it changed Next page. <clears throat> the answer for this is by the Torah the Megillah phrasing this rule with the word Yisad. The reason why this meal was different is because the fundamental principle of this meal, the whole of this party, the whole thing that the king wanted to accomplish with this party is the people should have what they want. Kalema. That means, there are meals that are there, the purpose of the party is to, to show the glory of the one who makes the party. That's the first party the king made for 180 days. That party he made for all of his servants and everybody, everyone's invited. That meal was in order to show the king's wealth. That meal was to show the glory of his kingdom. So in that kind of meal, then the honor of the king would dictate that you have to drink. You have to drink out of a big cup. But the second meal of Achashvedir that he made, that he only made for those who were in Shushan, he had a different purpose. It wasn't to show the greatness of the king. It wasn't to show to add the king's glory. Rather, the purpose of the meal was that the will of every person should be fulfilled. The king wanted to accomplish that everyone should have what they want. Huh? Yeah, there was first a party for everybody in the kingdom, and there's another party just for the people of Shushan. And the seventh day of the party, that's when 
this whole story happened. So since the king made this party the whole purpose of it, the foundation of it, the whole from the, from the outset, the whole purpose of this meal from the out, outset is to fulfill the will of each person. So it's understood that this meal is not included in the other kinds of meals. It's a different kind, different kind of party. Yes, there are meals, there are parties which are to show the greatness of the king, the greatness of the host, and then you are forced. But this is not that kind of party. It's only about making the people have what they want. If this was about showing the greatness of the host, yes, they would be forced, but that wasn't the purpose of this meal. The whole foundation of this party was different. It was about It was about everyone having what they want. And that's why the Pasuk emphasizes specifically about the drinking. We said, if their purpose was to, if everyone was free to have whatever they want, why mention the drink specifically? The answer is, It's in the, what's the litmus test? You could tell that the purpose of this meal was just for the people, by the people, it's in the, when it comes to the drinking. Because the usual rule is, the usual rule is everyone has forced. And because the whole purpose of this meal was to, to satisfy, make the people happy, therefore it, you, we could forego the usual order, the usual rule. The usual order is to force everyone to drink, and that's the honor for the king. But in this meal, since its whole purpose was for the sake of the people, that's why there was no coercion at all. And to the extent that even it came to the drinking, which you should drink, you should be forced to drink to show the honor of the king, you don't have to drink. The liquor is the epitome of how fine the meal is, you know what I mean? It's just chicken, lamb, this, that, it's all over the place, but the fine wine. So in this, in this, in this um, context, the reason why the wine is, is, is center stage, not because it's the highlight of the meal, but because the usual order with wine is that you're forced, not forced to eat chicken, not forced to eat meat, but you are forced to drink out of a big cup. And because this meal was so dedicated to the people, that's why there was no coercion, even in regards to the wine. Now can answer the question you had before about Vashti. Rashi doesn't even need to address it. It's so obvious. Why? Since the whole purpose of this meal was that everyone's will should be fulfilled, the king made a rule, and he wanted that every person should have whatever they wanted at this meal, and therefore no one should be forced, obviously. Therefore, there's room to say that according to the legalities of the king's request, well, yes, the king asked her to come. However, this is a place and time where everything goes by the people for the people. So Vashi, including his request from his wife, and therefore she is not obligated to come. He wants to show the people how beautiful she is against her will. She doesn't have to do that. She's not going against the king's will. On the contrary, the king said this party is about what everybody wants. So you want me to come? I don't want to come. So that's why the king did not have a simple route to of why she should be killed. However, there's room to say the opposite. For several reasons, three reasons, we could say the opposite. Maybe... No, no, it's not a different answer. 
We, we want to know why Achashesh was confused and I why. Why was it confused? This is part of why it's confused. On the one hand, this is a meal where everyone can do whatever they want, and therefore she shouldn't be forced. On the other hand, there's three reasons why she the, she should be killed. Reason number one. Vashti's appearance in front of the ministers is not part of the meal, and that's not part of the commandment of the king. I hear the sarcasm in your voice, um, but it, it wasn't entertainment. They had they had lots of other kinds of entertainment. This was a specific request of Vashti. The way they wanted her to present herself was not so sneers. typical sneers either. Right. right. She was so her appearance is not part of the meal. Yes, the meal is according to the will of each person, but that's, that's, this is not part of the meal, this is something else. This is a request that the king of Vashti has nothing to do with the meal, and therefore that there is room to say that she should be killed. And reason number two why she should be killed this desire, this commandment of the king that everyone should have whatever they want, who made that rule? The king. But here the king explicitly said, however, I want you to come right now. I'm commanding you to come. It's, a it's another commandment. So positive commandment overrules the negative. You don't have to go so far. <laughs> you don't have to go so far to ask the say. You could just say the king himself explicitly said something different. He made an ex- exception to the rule. Yes, everyone do whatever they want, but not you. I want you here right now. That's a commandment. It's clear. Number three, you could also argue that you're not going to like this one, but this is the third answer. The, the king's rule was only about the people which were in Shushan. Achashverosh wanted to give the king of people of Shushan a good time. The queen was not included in his in his in, in that uh, in that right. That wasn't his directory. His directory was for the his directory was for the people, not for his wife. Not for the queen. The queen is not, is not the purpose. She's part of the palace. She's not part of the people. Because of all these reasons and others, the Achashverosh had to consult with his wise men, and they had to resort to another reason. The other reason was that she was not just rebelling against Achashverosh, she also caused, she was also going to cause havoc in the entire region, entire kingdom. Okay. Now let's see what this means for us spiritually. You do a Maimur Azal. We answer all the questions. We answer the question why Yechazeresh was confused about the rule for, for Vashti. On the one hand, everyone can do whatever they want. On the other hand, this was explicit commandment, etc. So that's why you have to consult with, it, with, his, sages, consult okay. with his sages. We just said that he can make a rule that overrides the other, the other rule. Right. That's why, that's why there's room to say that he should, she should be liable to death penalty. And it also leaves room to say, for him to say, I'm the king, I can do what I want. She doesn't need to be killed now. She doesn't listen to me, and... Why don't you give her lashes or something? Well, he, he clearly wanted to... Um, do what's right in the eyes of the kingdom. Yep. Yeah. He, 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 was, he was so seeking... For the greater good of the ish for ish. <laughs> right, death is so common. That's a good point, David. Absolutely. So permanent. Uh, well, I, I, death is also... The, uh, off with your head was, was a... was a ref- was a... Uh, that's a regular refrain that you use in... in, in uh, Okay, so what does that do with us? You do a Maimon Azal, Shakol Mach, Shemim Megillah, Sester, Mamzakosh Up to Zayin. It's known whenever it says the word Melech in the Megillah, it is an illusion for Hashem. 
So then move on Gamma Pasigadan, for this is understood also in regards to our our Pasik. This idea that the king made a party, and at this party he's going to give each person whatever they want, this Pasik alludes to how God conducts God's relationship with the, with the Jewish people. Just like Achashverosh had a party with his people, this is an allusion to how God makes a party for his people, for the Jewish people. Like a party in this world? Let's see. This Pasuk alludes to the, un, the unusual virtue, the novelty that was accomplished through the sacrifice of the Jewish people at the time of the story of Purim. Amr Chazal, the Gemara says, Gemara says that at, the, that at the time when Hashem gave us the Torah, He put the mount over our heads like a barrel. And the Gemara says that this coercion of Hashem, that He threatened us with the mountain over our heads and said to us, if you accept the Torah, good, if not, or else, that is a midah. Midah means if I, am go- if I know I'm going to go into a business meeting and the person is going to do some nasty trick and put a gun to my head, or if I don't sign, I'm allowed to go before the business meeting and to make an announcement to two, two or three, three people and say to them, I am going to this meeting, I want you to know whatever I sign is not valid, I'm going to be forced. So th- in that scenario, when you make a midah, the transaction is not valid. So in a similar way, the Gemara says, with Jewish people have a great excuse for their observance or not lack of observance of Torah because there was a midah, there was a, they uh, were forced. If they will be invited to judgment, if they will be asked in judgment, why didn't you fulfill, why did you not fulfill the Torah? The Jewish people can answer, well, we didn't really accept it; we were forced to accept it. Why actually? Interesting, amazing thing I want to mention that the Alter Rebbe says, why is the word barrel used? A mountain is over your head. You don't have to use any, any, any other analogies to explain this scenario. There's a mountain over your head. Why does the Gemara say there's a mountain over their heads like a barrel? And Chassidus explains that the word mountain means love, and the word barrel means something that surrounds you completely. The Abishter showed us such a deep love at the giving of the Torah, such a pure, overwhelming love, that there was no way that, just like it says in the Torah, that when someone loves you, it's like when water, just like water reflects your face, so too, the love you have in your heart is reflected in the heart of the person you love. So when the Avisha shows us this incredible love that was so, so um, powerful and so overwhelming and, and enveloping us, there was no way, way, there's nowhere to turn. Like when you're standing in a barrel, there's nowhere to go. So that's also a, uh, that's a classic interpretation of this, but that's also a, a spiritual coercion. The Avisha is loving us in a way that we cannot help but love him back. So although there is an excuse that we do have a way to, to uh, um, say that we're not obligated to keep the Torah. However, however, the Jewish people later accepted the Torah. The Jewish people accepted at the time of the story of Purim what they had previously accepted, albeit coerced. Now they accepted it from their own volition. They were, they were challenged by Haman to uh, Haman said that if you're Jewish, you're going to die, and they, they could have gotten out of it by saying we're not Jewish anymore, and they could have converted, but instead they gathered together in public with Mr. Nefesh to keep the Torah. So their acceptance of the Torah at the time of Purim was clearly from their own volition. That's the main uh, merit of the Jewish people in the story of Purim, that they had sacrificed for Torah. 
So that's the meaning of this meal that Achashverosh made, that Hashem makes. That the, the idea of the king making a meal, the king making a meal for all the people in Shushan, means Hashem makes a meal for the Jewish people. They are called, just like the people of Shushan live in close proximity to the king, so to the Jewish people, as we say in davening every day, the Jewish people are called Am Kareve, the nation that's close to him, the nation that's found in the capital of the king of all kings. So that's who the Jewish people are. They are the people of the capital. So they're the people who are close to Hashem. So what does Hashem do? He invites the Jewish people to a meal. What's the meal? The meal is the study of Torah and doing mitzvahs. This is the meal. This is the benefit of every Jew. Hashem gives each of us a gift. The Torah is a gift. The mitzvahs are a gift. It's something which is our personal benefit. And Hashem says, I'm going to make this meal in a way of ein oinis. No one is going to be forced. And you have a full volition to do whatever you want. No one's forced. As Mechir Yain, their explains, a person should never say they're forced to do anything. Ein a person has free will to do good or bad. That's how Yisad HaMelech the king of all kings, made his party in that way. That everyone has full, full volition to do whatever they want. And that's the unique quality. They support him that despite the fact that we could have done whatever we wanted to, it wasn't like the time of giving the Torah, everyone decided to accept the Torah from their own free will. And that is why the Simcha of Purim has no limitations and boundaries. To the extent that the Gemara says that you're supposed to drink on Purim, you're supposed to drink wine. Why are we drinking wine? This is to transform the wine that Achashverosh gave at his party. Achashverosh gave wine his party. That was a negative thing. So to transform this, we have to transform the negative um, gift of wine of Achashverosh in his party, we have Yain Ravdik Dusha, we have the Simcha of Purim, which has no limitations. We learned earlier this week, that, well, what's the Simcha of Purim? The Simcha of Purim is, they're not just devoted to Hashem with logic and reason, but you're devoted to Hashem with Simcha beyond logic and reason. Adloyada, they're not just your, your mind says that you should accept the positive mitzvahs and reject the negative commandments, but your, your, your neshama and heart and the essence of your soul, Adloyada, beyond logic and reason, accepts the Ebishter, accepts the Torah, Baruch Mardachai. So this is so great that even when after all other holidays will, will stop to be significant, Mashiach will come, all other holidays will lose their significance in the face of the great joy of Mashiach. We'll have such a simcha that the Mashiach has come, that all the tsaris, all the problems have, have, have stopped, and, and the simcha, the actual, it's going to feel so good. So it's Pesach. Pesach. Pesach is nice, but it's Mashiach is here. But there was one yontif that's going to stand out as being something that, which has... Um, it will make an impression even after Mashiach comes and that's the Simcha of Purim because the Simcha of Purim has no limitations and boundaries and Simcha Seil Madreisham it says the Simcha of Purim will never cease it will always be significant as it says in the Megillah days of Purim will never cease from the Jewish people their remembrance will never cease from their offspring so why is this where, where is the Simcha coming from the Simcha is coming from because the Jewish people accepted this on their own with their own free choice that's, that's, that's where the Simcha of Purim emanates from, that where acceptance of the Torah comes from within ourselves. And uh, Mr. Shem, a little bit more about that. Chaim, Chaim.